0: Nicole Butler, welcome to the show. How are we keeping?
1: I'm good. How are you, Shane?
0: I'm good. Our audio was much better today. For, for those small few that listen to the, the first recording of this, they're probably saying, I'm not sure I can go back. But for all the new listeners we're getting now, uh, yeah, with this, our second attempt at this podcast, sadly, in the space of two weeks, our first one, Zoom hit us badly. Maybe it was a bad today, AirPods. We're not too sure, but we're coming in much clearer today. It's good.
1: Yeah, thank God. <laughs>
0: So, so talk to me a little bit. So you're, you're based on Kenmare at the moment, do you?
1: Yeah, just based in Kenmare. So I recently moved home from Australia um, and now I'm in Kerry. So it's nice down here, really relaxing. Um, nice to be near some water and natural scenery. It's nice.
0: That's good stuff. Good stuff. So um, I suppose for those who wouldn't know you then, Nicole, could you give me a little bit about your background just for them in terms of who you are, what you do? And I suppose, yeah, just anything along those lines.
1: Yeah, perfect. So my name is Nicole Butler. Um, I've been a coach and personal trainer for about eight years. So I started off in the fitness industry um, teaching loads of fitness classes, so aqua aerobics, um, spinning, um, circuit training and then I kind of went down the lines of personal training as I lo- love working to, with, with one-on-one clients. So I've um, been a coach now for just over eight years and I love what I do. Um, it's It uh, doesn't seem like a job at all. <laughs>
0: I think that's literally the perfect career for anyone you know when you're when you're going in and it doesn't feel like a chore and you can just go at it day to day that's the ideal 100% yeah Yeah, it's brilliant so for you then um obviously sport must be a big part of your life and like obviously I know you years so it's it's really me asking the question because I know but talk to me a little bit about your your sporting background then
1: yeah, so um, yeah, my sporting background, I've always been a very sporty child, and um, did a uh, load of different sports, um, but I started off um, competing in Taekwondo. So I have a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Um, I competed um, internationally for the Irish Taekwondo team and I travel the world um, competing in different events. Um, and I just did love sport, so I love power. I did powerlifting, soccer, um, and um, now I'm kind of into more endurance races now these days but um, my training background has definitely changed over the years as, as I've grown up, but um, it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's good to have a, a different variety of different sports and trying something new.
0: I can imagine it. Like when, when you're changing codes that often and you obviously have, you know, so many different elements of your growing up, you're changing in what you're interested in, you're changing in probably your ability to compete. I'd be curious about from competing at, say, taekwondo at such a high level, and then moving along into different kind of codes of sport I mean how was that in terms of making those changes like did you feel like it you naturally adapted to to want to make the change or like what circumstances kind of fell in that department
1: yeah so when I competed on the Irish Taekwondo team it's very because you're, you're training at that high athlete level that you constantly be training twice a day Um, it was really good I got really good experience but I kind of got to this stage where I kind of needed to move on so um, like when you compete on the Irish Take team you go up to squad training you um, for weekends you're traveling like I went competing internationally in in New Zealand in Slovakia in England Ireland you know so um, it takes a lot of time which is great but at one stage, I kind of took a step back and realized I didn't really have a social life. And 90% of my life was Taekwondo and only 10% was actually living. So, <laughs> so I needed to make a change. Um, and, um, but I did my, my love for Taekwondo. I still love Taekwondo. I still have a passion for it. And I've got so many opportunities to travel, to meet new people with it. Um, when I competed on the Irish Taekwondo team, you, you're obviously moving to different countries and meeting new people and it's that networking and community it's fantastic
0: yeah it's definitely I mean it's just the world of sport in general you know when when you get to meet great people get to travel get to compete there's so many great aspects to it now with that obviously I mean I I never competed in taekwondo myself but I suppose one of the elements I'd know from when you were competing back in the day would have been the idea of weight cutting and the idea of you know having to focus on your food a lot so talk to me a little bit about the relationship with food you developed when you were kinda of, you're competing at that high level, you have to hit certain weight markers. There's a lot of pressure on you probably to do that for competitions. You know, how did you approach that back then?
1: Yeah, so um, I I could say now I wish I had a little bit more knowledge back then, but again, you're younger. I was a teenager when I- I did this, so I competed on the on the 50 kg category. So if I fought 50 kg, so I, I had to do weigh-ins and it was quite intense. So there was a bit of pressure there as a teen because I had to make sure that number one, I was eating healthily um, and I was eating, um, performing well as well, because obviously when you were eating well, you'll perform well. But um, I remember uh, one comp- competition in particular, I was in um, New Zealand. So I was uh, in the world championships in New Zealand. And we were abroad and it was my first time traveling that far away without my family, without my friends. Um, not that much support. I did have the Irish squad, but I didn't really know them that well because mainly they're all up in Dublin. Um, so I remember I got food poisoning. And if I if I say if I look back now, what I ate was um, fish. So I had fish a couple of days before. Um, my um, my weigh in and I got sick. I got very violently sick and on um, I dropped like three or four kg, and my coaches told me that I can't eat. I wasn't allowed to eat because um, of my weighing. in. I remember I was really really tired. I was really fatigued and I I felt a bit lost because I had no one to go to, no one to support me. So that always stuck in my head and I always like to listen to my clients to make sure that like I'm. I'm relating back to what they're saying, which is really important about nutrition, about food, about having that balance approach. Um, so that always stuck to my head about kind of, you have to have that balance. And I think as a coach now looking back, I I think personally, it's really important.
0: Sorry, we, guys, we had a bit of audio issues there, but we're, we're back up and running. But um, look, talk to me a little bit then, I suppose. I understand you're under that pressure and maybe you didn't have the right coaching in terms of that approach you know like when you're sick and you're you're trying to really cope with an illness you're away from home you're away from your family and then you have people putting this pressure on you to maybe hit that weight for the competition and obviously in the scheme of that competition very important to be at the weight you need to be at but i mean performance wise i can imagine it would take a a massive hit so talk to me a little bit about um i mean i understand that was food poisoning at that stage but i mean what was your nutritional approach like like i mean were you tracking calories were you starving yourself like what was it the case that you were eating to train optimally or were you eating to maintain a weight
1: i was eating it to maintain a weight and that's really important because you have to you know every morning you kind of step on the scales and see what you're at now you were doing a lot of training um, and but I wasn't performing, well, I was performing quite well, but I don't think I was fueling my body efficiently as I should have been. So, so um, if I could go back and tell you now, and if I had all the education I have now about nutrition, I would have implemented that. But again, that's a learning curve. And I use that to um, to now kind of grow and have that knowledge to with my clients. So um, yeah, so it was a hard time, but again, food i now think of food as fuel which is really important and that was a le- um, key learning curve for me anyway personally
0: yeah and what do you think about that that idea of, i suppose like you know like there's a certain movement at the moment that would say you know thinking of food as fuel it's a bit too robotic and it's a bit too you know for a lot of people that can be maybe damaging in a sense so like for you do you find it easier to just see it as look it's the calories I need to eat and that's the way you can structure eating right like how do you approach that with your clients who are maybe you know whether it's for weight loss or whether it's for you know just training for endurance whatever it might be you know is it the case that you'd encourage them to to, I suppose think of it that way or what's the approach so
1: personally I like the balance approach and a lot of people it's not it's not sexy so they just they think you have to be on this fad diet of like maybe like a detox tea or like intermittent fasting fasting but I personally think it's all about balance and understanding calories. So understanding that if you eat more, you'll put on weight. And if, you let eat, if you're looking for weight loss and if you eat less, if you move more, you'll lose weight. So um, it's as simple as that. There's no magic formula. It's all about a balanced approach to nutrition, making sure you're getting adequate um, and healthy carbs, fats and pro- protein in your diet, I think, personally.
0: Absolutely. No, hundred percent. And I mean, um, when, when you're dealing with clients then and say you have someone who does come off that, you know, that fad diet kind of lifestyle. I mean, look, from my perspective, um, literally since I'm a teenager, I'm I'm up and down in weight, up and down on diets. You know, there's constant. I, I'd say I've tried everything. I've tried carnivore. I've tried vegan. I've tried keto, whatever it might be. And like the glamour of the quick results, you know, the, the getting there at, I suppose, a super fast rate. Um, and certainly like what I see now is a lot of really, most of those diets tend to be more along the lines of you're just eliminating foods that are maybe higher in calorie and that that's where you're getting your deficit from, as opposed to just eating foods you like and structuring it around those calories. So like, talk to me a little bit about it. If you take on a client from that background and they are used to quick results, they are used to restraining themselves from certain foods. And, you know, maybe it's the case that they have an unhealthy relationship with food. How do you break down those barriers?
1: Yeah, so it's all about kind of building that rapport with a client. So I would say to them, number one, like it's really important that they know that it hasn't worked for them before. And if you do the same thing um, constantly and you're not seeing this, any results, you, you need to change. But the client has to kind of know that from themselves and they have to make sure they're aware of that. So clients have to be when a client comes to me and maybe they're used to a certain way of dieting or they prefer something along the lines of maybe intermittent fasting and it hasn't worked for them. It's really important to to explain why it hasn't worked and then make sure that they're they're comfortable with a new approach. Maybe, okay, we're going to start adding in breakfast now. So that means for your lunch, you're not eating way more calories because you're not starving, you know, that morning. So um communication with clients is everything and understanding so they can understand why you're implementing something to their diet because there's no point just giving it a plan and go this is this is what happens because they're not going to have that education they have to learn about the way of eating to maintain a healthy lifestyle
0: and so then say like in terms of i suppose on the opposite side of the scale the, the if it fits your macros approach is obviously great to, you know, if, if you have a healthy approach to food, but you know, when you have people who might be banking their macros for say, you know, particularly like not the healthiest foods and you know, like the way I see it is that the way you're eating really affects how you feel, how you, tr- how you feel when you're training and everything else. And if you have someone who's maybe eating non-optimal foods or foods that, you know, wouldn't be the best for you, quite high calorie, maybe, you know, wouldn't fuel you for a, a long lasting time. I mean, would you have clients that ever approach things that way or want to approach it that way, you know, where the kind of the glamour of, you know, the influencer eating, you know, 10 donuts on a weekend and because it fits your macros, it's fine. You know, what way would you approach, you know, trying to bring someone away from that lifestyle? Is Is it always around the idea of, look, bringing them into a more balanced approach, explaining to them that, look, these foods are going to fuel you better? Like, how does that work then?
1: So personally, my clients that approach me have never had that, like, um, influencer um kind of approach where they think like again like binge eating or like um fad diets because they they understand that my approach to training and I think that's why you have to kind of research coaches is um or like just see if the coach suits your um lifestyle is more of a balance approach um approach so I think personally um none of my clients have had that like oh I'm going to save all my calories during the week and binge eat at the weekend because I think they have that more of understanding and they're more they have that awareness of food and nutrition um making sure that they're having just a healthy diet overall but um i can see why some people feel like if you're an influencer and um you're promoting a fad diet or um how people can kind of let's say how would you say um fall into that trap yeah so yeah that's it
0: i mean it's like the world of Instagram now. It's just, it seems like everyone has access to a lot of nutritional experts that aren't experts at all. And you, you you know, you'd see someone fair enough, if they have, you know, they have six pack abs or they look great, or they look like they're training fantastically. And that's nearly more important than a qualification for a lot of people these days. So like you could have, you know, people who are, I suppose, very vulnerable going to these people who aren't necessarily coaches. And that's one of my biggest fears around that is that it's very easy to be you know, I suppose, in a sense, influenced to, to feel like this person is an expert or if this person has reached that level of success, I'll be able to do it if I go training with them and, you know, maybe mimic their habits. Uh, it's, it's definitely a scary one, to be honest, with the way things are going at the moment. And I mean, how would you how would you recommend someone to approach looking into a coach then? Um, what are the key things you feel like in not just in terms of a qualification, but in terms of making sure you find the right coach?
1: Um, make sure if you gel with them, it's like going to a counsellor, like you're not going to talk to a counsellor um, if you don't like them, if you don't like their personality, if you don't agree with their models, with their values. Um, so you have to kind of gel with that coach and to tr- trust them because the coaching tr- um, process is all about trust. And it's all about like listening to what the client is saying, then you giving them feedback and then they're going to hopefully implement that into their life.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Okay. So one of the things I am very kind of curious to ask you about is in terms of obviously we've covered Taekwondo and that's one big part of your life. And then you went to powerlifting and now you're an endurance sport. So, I mean, like is the way you're training, has that shifted in the sense of, you know, the types of training you're doing, why you're doing it that way? Like why have you kind of, I mean, I feel like from the endurance side and then the powerlifting side, they're two very different worlds. So how did you manage to meld those two and like go from one to the other?
1: Well, yeah, it was very interesting, the process. So um, I love strength training. Strength training is like so beneficial to everything, um, every part of your life, it just empowers you. So I got into um, strength training because um, of uh, old college. Um, he owns a powerlifting club in Cork. So I went to his club and I started um, lifting in competitions. I got quite good at it. I won a few um, uh, competitions and it really, it's it, with it's good it's good um, experience getting coached by a coach because you pick up tips and ideas from them that you can implement to your clients. Um, I got into endurance then while I lived in New Zealand. Um, it's uh, there was a lot more outdoors um, activities, running, um, and marathons. Um, so it was so much fun. So I like the endurance part of it because it's a good challenge it's great for mentally it's good for me mentally and obviously cardiovascular. it's fantastic as well but um i love doing a variety of everything strength training cardio um and dabble i like to dabble in a couple of different sports um it is quite different from going from taekwondo competing internationally to powerlifting squat, strength training and then endurance but um i think the three then combined makes me have a little bit more experience than your average coach
0: yeah I mean the, the the life experience alone from that and I suppose the different types of training it must give you a, a good view as to how people can approach things. Um, yeah. Now in, in terms of then obviously at the moment you know we're, we're in a bit of a lockdown it's still the case that we're quite restricted and, you know that can be tough on people but I mean how are you finding things for for your training you know obviously like when you were training in Australia I imagine the weather was much better I'd imagine getting out on the bike was a lot nicer and now you're yeah. facing into the, the cold Irish mornings and you know it's a little bit different how are you finding that change
1: yeah so it was probably the hardest change ever because i went from a winter in australia into a winter in um ireland um it wasn't expected um but um I wasn't meant to move home but it just happened that way but um i find that you kind of just have to stick to your routine so if you get up at, let's say at 6 a.m even though it starts do your six get up at 6 a.m and just do your workout indoors So you might save time commuting to the gym if you went at that time, but you maybe might spend a little bit more time on your warm-up and then just sticking to routine for your home training. So, um, but it was quite difficult because it it is quite dark and cold in Ireland, but it's great now that the days are getting longer, that it's brighter earlier in the morning, and you can go out for an evening walk um, after work, which is fantastic. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I'd I'd say there's a massive change that way. For, for you then, I mean, like goal setting and everything else. Like, I feel like myself personally, I always have to be training for some kind of a goal. Now, it doesn't have to be an event. It doesn't have to be anything specific. But what's your approach at the moment? You know, w- would you consider, you know, doing any endurance events in Ireland? Have you considered doing any of the, obviously, a lot of them are cancelled due to COVID and everything else. But have you considered entering yourself into anything in terms of as having something to train towards? Or are you just happy just kind of tipping away?
1: Yeah, so um, this year I have um, hopefully an Olympic triathlon coming up in June and then a half an Ironman in August. So they're my two big races. Um, I personally love to set goals, um, especially for myself and my clients. So it's better to focus on something and aim towards something because um, there's an end date. You can put an end date to it and then when you achieve that goal, you can set another goal. Um, But I always like again trying um setting a competition because it I'm such a competitive person that it motivates me and it keeps me going so on these dark mornings that I know I have to get out of bed and do a workout because at this date I have to do a half Ironman you know so there's no yeah. you're, you can't really cheat that process
0: <laughs> and for you then did, did you have to build up to like that particular like I mean were you always doing running? Were you always doing cycling? Or was it something that you had to build up to? You know, like, like I suppose the way I think about it is myself, like, sure, I could cycle to, to like college now or cycle to work, you know, and that, that's, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But I mean, to build up to those long distances and to, I suppose, gather that, I feel like that takes quite quite a bit of time to build that volume. Now, do you feel like your sporting background enabled you to maybe approach that a bit quicker? Or was it just the case that, you know, now you're, you know, it took a while to build to that?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think my sporting background helped. Um, they're all different types of, um, let's say, like, take one dose. Sparring would be kind of short, fast intervals. So you're kind of doing kind of like, I would say, like kind of sprinting as such, because you're doing it so explosively. Then powerlifting is all strength. So there wasn't really any cardio in that as well. But then endurance took, takes a bit of time. So um, I only started running when I went to when I moved abroad to New Zealand and Australia because of the outdoors, like it was just gorgeous weather, I'd rather go outside rather than in the 30 degree heat and go for a run or a cycle rather than being inside of the gym all day, because obviously as a coach, I'm inside the gym anyway, so I was good to go outside and get my um, natural sunlight and see the scenery around Australia and New Zealand, it was fantastic, Um, but it does take time, so it's like I would classify, classify myself as still quite a beginner with running and endurance, because I'm, I'm new to it and um, I would recommend for anyone who is starting off and wants to go into that to join a club. So um, in Melbourne, I joined a triathlon club and it really, really helped me um, with the coaches. Um, I got really good experience just asking questions because it's really important. Like I was a complete beginner, didn't know what bike to, to buy, didn't know um, should I get a heart rate monitor? Like it was just these questions that you could just ask a coach. And that's why I think, personally it's good to have that experience as a beginner because then i can in- implement that to my client to be like look i was in your shoes um before because at the end of the day a coach has to be a beginner like you you don't learn you learn by education um but it's really important that again you can relate that back to your clients um that you you know how it feels to be a beginner in something
0: <laughs> yeah i'd say to be honest that's something people relate to completely And I mean, we all start in things at maybe a lower level and, you know, you see the experts and you think maybe you have to hit that or maybe you feel like you need to replicate what they're doing. Obviously, it's not that case. And, you know, for people to just ease their way in is is massively important.
1: Yeah, that's it. You can start off like... If you have any um, goals in mind, let's say for example, a 10 kilometer run, um, you can't, you know that you might just be sitting couch to 5K is another prime example, that you have to build yourself up to that. So you can't just think that you're gonna go out and give it, go hell for leather and go for it and get that 10 kilometer run without any effort behind it. You have to put in the time, you have to be patient and you have to commit to it. So, um, Which is the three things that I think are really important to any goal. But um, yeah, so uh, putting in the time, dedication, and just patience. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's the hardest part is actually, I feel like everyone kind of wants to be up and running straight away. And sometimes yeah. it, it, it's hard to just slow yourself down. I mean, like one of the things I'm I'm thinking of at the moment really is like, I'm wanting to start running. The problem is I have, I have an injury in my foot that I'm still rehabbing. So it's kind of like, it's the idea of I'm getting out, I'm doing a little bit of a, a run on a walk maybe, or maybe I'm just doing it just a slow walk and it's, Really, like, I see people out for 5Ks, 10Ks, and I'm like, I'd love to be just out doing that. And I'm like, but you can't. you got to ease in slowly. you got to rehab first. And then, like, you know, when it comes to the summer, hopefully I'll be up and running fully. But for the moment, it's, like, the case of focusing on the boring stuff, like stretching at home, mobility, strength training in the legs. And it's, like, bored off my head. Like, it's just...
1: I can definitely relate to that. So I had a couple of injuries and I'm actually, I still have to go for two MRI scans on my knees. Now, this is just kind of wear and tear for my knees from obviously doing such a a powerful taekwondo to powerlifting into endurance that my body is like, girl, what are you doing? So um, when you're injured, it's kind of hard to look back on a sunny day and go, bloody hell, I would love to go for a run. But, and you can see everyone running while you're walking, but you just have to then take a step back and go, if I run now, it's not going to help me in the future. It's actually going to kind of, you're not going to progress anywhere. You're just going to get more injured. So, um, I can definitely relate to injuries. Um, it's a such a step back and it's really unmotivating when you're injured, but, um, just stay with the rehab, stay with the strength training. And then like, that's why you have, should have a coach. You should listen to your coach. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, t- I think it's the case. I need to get back and grab a coach. To be honest, it's, it's yeah, funny yeah. When, when you're managing yourself, it's, um, like it's fine day to day, but it's, it's a lot easier to slack off versus if you have someone kind of being a little bit on top of you to say, look, are you, are you hitting your markers? Are you doing everything you're meant to do this week? You know, it, it makes a lot of difference, but I suppose, look, from my perspective, with the way things are at the moment, without gyms open, without the access to, you know, all the normal, I suppose, amenities you would have access to. I felt like maybe it was a time where I could take a little bit of a step back from coaching and, you know, give myself a chance to just breathe. But one of the things I have done to combat the fact that I I don't want to get lazy and I don't want to fall back into old habits is focusing on, you know, my daily non-negotiables, the things I need to hit every day to make a day feel successful. And that's not around weight loss. That's not around anything in particular. You know, it, it can be around, you know, my work. It can be around just even just having, making sure to sit down and breathe in the morning and say, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes away from the phone and have a coffee. But for you, do you have any any things you build into your day or build into your clients' days that just, you know, I suppose make it a su- successful day without the pressure, you know, just these things that you can tick off that, you know, make make a difference overall in the long term, but might not feel like a massive effort then.
1: Yeah, so a non-negotiable list is so important because it keeps you on track and it keeps you a little bit accountable, especially if you don't have a coach. So a couple of things I would recommend would be um, number one, um, daily exercise. So training, um, moving your body, whatever activity you want to do. It doesn't have to be strength training. It could be running. It could be skipping. You could dance. I don't mind. <laughs> um, number two would be um, definitely going outside into the um, natural sunlight and getting steps. So I recommend to everyone getting at least ten thousand steps a day, um, preferably in the sunlight. So if you can on your break in work, going outside, just leaving the house and getting some fresh air, because it you'll you'll notice your performance in work um, getting a little bit better, and also your mood increasing uh, by being outside. Um, number uh, three would be probably drinking water, drinking water. So um, water is another thing that people neglect. So making sure you're having a bottle of water by your desk when you're working out. Um, First thing in the morning, have a glass of water. Um, People just neglect water and they don't realize how how thirsty or dehydrated they might be. Um, So that's just a simple one that you could do. Um, uh, Then I I write down things that I'm grateful for and I journal. So um, journaling has helped me kind of write down my thoughts and also have like a positive um, end to my day so you can do this at the start of your day or at the end of your day but preferably I do it at my end of the day to kind of look back and go oh yeah that's well, I did a lot today or else geez I, I'm so grateful I got the opportunity to do whatever so that really has helped me um, especially being with COVID being in lockdown it's hard mentally because you're like Jesus. Will this uh, this lockdown ever end? But yeah. it will. There is a name day to it, which is really important. But if you keep yourself positive, um, that helps. So journaling helps. Um, what else? Eating healthy. Eating healthy. I think um, it's just a given one. But when you're doing your food shop, try not to buy the stuff that you know maybe you shouldn't be eating as much. Um, that will help. And then making sure you're like doing your food prep in work. Um, that um sorry not at work that'd be weird <laughs> um at home <laughs> imagine doing your food prep at work <laughs> well, yeah, like, we're,
0: we're all working from home these days it's it's kind of yeah, the norm yeah. now
1: quickly on a zoom call prepping your food
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually murdered for it it's so bad like i literally like i, I mean i think yesterday I, I was on like a work call and i like with a customer and i finished that up but then i was outside and i was like you know just just sorting some food in the kitchen then i was back into work five minutes later and it, it's so strange, like you could literally be like sitting there, like getting your whole day done. But like it's it's just it's so different structure, you know, like the way I'm working now is compared to like back in the day. You know, I don't have the commute. I don't have the commute. So like I'm saving so much time in the mornings where I can just kind of just chill around the house and then, you know, hop on at nine o'clock and suddenly I'm in work. Then I can literally right. kind of check myself back out. Well, I suppose one of the worries then is, you know, it, it's hard to not meld the two together in terms of like, you know, where does work end and where does life start? So like, it's kind of like being able to say, okay, I'm shutting down the laptop at half five. That's the part maybe you need to get on top of more for me. It's, uh, it's definitely, it's tough that way.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, but, and that's why I always like to kind of put work in one room, my work, at, uh, like working in on a computer Then my work out in another room if you have another room and then you're like sitting room to just relax um and your bedroom just to sleep so like zone out your house that you know when you go into this room you have to work if you go into this room you know you have to work out um it, of course that's if you have the space if you don't have the space do you know what hopefully we'll be out of it in another couple of weeks but um just keep your head down stay as positive as you possibly can and just keep with your habits your healthy habits
0: Yeah. And talk to me a little bit about the the journaling that I'm curious about, I I do a little bit myself, but one of the things I find is sometimes without a prompt or without something, you know, to force me to think about, I suppose, a certain topic or think about, you know, even just the day in, in a certain structure. I find sometimes I can't actually bring myself to even like acknowledge the certain parts of the day like to be able to really put pen to paper and say like without feeling like I'm going dear diary today was great I feel like I'm six years old again like you know it's a bit strange like how do you find it is it a comfortable experience for you is it something you've had to adapt to
1: 100% adapt and I was very uncomfortable writing down like some do you know as a like when you're when you're putting pen to paper it just kind of you kind of have to take a step back and go, oh, what am I writing here? But sometimes you just get into a flow of it. So how I started off is I wrote down, I started writing down what I did in a day. So for example, I woke up and I taught this client, how did the client go? What was the experience? Was there any pros or cons to like, oh, it's her birthday next week, I have to remember that or small things. And then from writing down um, like from what I did, I kind of expanded on that. Maybe I had a tough training session where mentally I wasn't in it and then you kind of can pinpoint oh maybe I wasn't it wasn't I didn't give it 100% because maybe I didn't sleep better the night before so it kind of it's trial and error with journaling and it's definitely um find what suits you like three things you're grateful for are just quick and easy it doesn't take that much time but again I make a big list out of I did this today this today this day and it helps me with my motivation and go I actually did a lot today like give myself a pat on the back because people are quite hard on themselves and especially I can be hard on myself as well did I do enough today but when you put your pen to paper write down what you've done if you feel like that it kind of helps you and kind of motivates you and and that's why I do it at night because it kind of settles me before going to bed as well.
0: Yeah and how are you finding things at the moment then with actually just being able to you know tune out the COVID news or be able to kind of take a bit of downtime like are you sitting at home you know watching movies or on your phone or like what are you actually doing to just maybe relax a little bit then because like one of the things I find at the moment is like trying to build in ways to be away from a screen or trying to build in ways to keep my brain actually working sometimes is, is difficult and like whether it's going out for a bit of fresh air or whether it's sitting down doing a crossword or something I need these things in my day that are just kind of take me away from all the what you call it the drama or the news whatever it is but I need to zone out
1: yeah so like again and I would recommend it staying away from tv like for ages I wasn't really looking at the numbers um well I was getting no I was I was getting too obsessive with the numbers I was looking at the numbers and getting really disappointed why aren't they coming down because um yeah it's just a long time with this covid So what I've implemented is I started yoga. So yoga has really helped me kind of um, calm myself down, especially because I have a lot of anxiety, very stressed. So it really helps me kind of just focus on my breathing again because I'm only new to it it's totally different to any other type of training that I've done before of course I've done stretching but I've never actually done like proper yoga classes I wouldn't have made the time because it wasn't on my high priority list where now is I it's one of my high priorities that I have to do it every day because my anxiety my heart rate goes through the roof if I if I if I don't do it so it just calms me down um number two I've taken up uh, knitting knitting is another thing I've done um so knitting has helped me so I put put uh, my knitting needles in front of the tv um so I know that I'm not going to be just watching tv and, and on my phone I can just knit and it kind of distracts you and just relaxes you and then reading I love to read so I always read before going to bed I might read first thing in the morning or if I get a chance during the day but you know Uh, with work and everything it's hard to do it during the day but um, I definitely read um, I say minimum 10 pages a day if anyone wants to start off reading or they should just do it to kind of relax their state of mind before going to bed and it helps me sleep anyway
0: what sort of books are you reading then are they like you know fiction is it like high performance kind of books What, what sort of stuff are you actually into at the moment then
1: all like self-help books, um, like um, self-help books and performance books. So at the moment I'm reading uh, Be Iron Fit. It's about Man's, and um, it's about uh, training to do ha- half Ironman. So it's good. So, um, but I like a mixture of like self-help books, um, kind of motivation, habit books. So um, the power of habit with one, uh, Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. So all these kind of books that I can relate back to my clients and help with my overall lifestyle um I don't really like to read something that I can't really implement but that's just me because I prefer reading about something and then just implementing that into my life so that's me personally
0: (laughs) yeah no I get that I mean I'm definitely on the the self-help book kind of bandwagon you know most of the time that would be like I'm gonna be honest I murder for not actually reading I I claim to read books but really I listen to them on audible and it's a way of cheating the system but But it's it's like it it goes back to the idea of like, you know, like if, if you sit down and like read a book now for me, it could take me five or six months to read the physical book versus like, it's literally eight, nine, 10 hours, whatever the length on audible. So like sometimes, you know, particularly when I used to be commuting to work and if I could get a book in a week that way, I felt like I was, I was doing so well versus now I am getting a little bit more where, look, I want, I kind of want to read the book on Kindle. I want to listen to it a bit less. I want to kind of actually take in the content a bit more because I do feel like that it does vary in what you actually take in from it compared to reading it or listening yeah. to it you know what I'm
1: saying 100% because um that's so funny you say that because I only started listening to um books because um I commuting so um it's very funny but I just don't retain that information I'm always I'm listening to it but in my head and I'm like okay I have to do this now and I have to do this but like I never, with reading it in front of me, I'm just focusing at focusing on just the book rather than everything else going on background. So, um, so you can see.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've probably missed massive amounts of books. Even like you know, you'd be driving along, and next thing, someone cuts you off in traffic, and suddenly I miss sure. the key points because I'm like giving out about them. And you know,
1: yeah. master
0: road rage over here. Not not that I'd encourage that sort of thing, but you know, that's unfortunately it it's a part of my life I'm happy I don't have to have anymore I mean I really don't miss a commute I'm not sure I'll ever be able to go back it's just so yeah. good to just be able to like At the, like I know separating you know work life and home life can be a bit difficult now with the way things are but like the idea of actually having to sit in an office now for like set periods of time I'm not sure I could go back to that like it's it's just so different
1: yeah, it's so hard. And now I do think it's going to change. Like everything from work, uh, working at home is going to change. There's going to be more flexibility with working at home. Um, and I think there there is pros and cons to um, both of them. But um, commuting is one thing that like it's just dead time, isn't it? Like you can mm. do like phone calls um, during um during like I call my friends in Australia if I'm driving or um do you know like listen to an audiobook if i had to or a podcast but um it is kind of dead time like you could be doing that time and doing something like a workout at home or else like prepping your food um, getting you ready for dinner you know so um commuting is one of these things that that's the only positive that came out of covid
0: <laughs> yeah no i've really i'm gonna be honest it's one of the things i'm probably end up raving about on, on every podcast is just i'm actually loving the fact that I, i'm able to work from home that it's the one benefit of this new world where I'm like okay I'm pretty positive of the fact that I, I don't have to be in office and this is brilliant but um I suppose that there are a lot of other things that come into it as well you know like particularly at the moment I'm cooking a lot more I'm taking a lot more time for me you know that there's good like I know everyone kind of focuses on the negative at the moment and I feel like there are a lot of negatives obviously you know people are impacted there's there's some really awful stuff going on in the world But, you know, there's also a lot of people are taking more time, you know, to look after their health. They're taking more time to spend time with family. They're kind of acknowledging that maybe the way they were living their lives was quite automated and suddenly they could take a step back and go, oh, you know, I I can actually, I can change things up a bit now. It's a chance to break the cycle and, you know, do things a little better. So, you know, what I'd say to listeners maybe is take the time now to actually, you know, figure out what way you want your life to be after this all ends. Yeah, like a lot of people
1: have come to realization of like, how much time they spent in work and who they were actually talking to. And um, I think now a lot of people are trying to connect and ask and making good friendships and realizing the importance of like seeing people in person and like giving someone a hug and just like catching up with them with a sit down coffee. Imagine, imagine having a sit down coffee again.
0: <laughs> I miss um, it so much. It's ridiculous. I, I didn't actually realize how much I loved just sitting down in a coffee shop having people go by like just being able to relax and just enjoy a flat white and now suddenly it's like everything's like oh I have to take that on the go I have to go walk around with it it goes cold a bit faster I'm like I just don't like this it's, it's not yeah. the same I'm, I'm not sitting down enjoying anything at half as much
1: oh 100% like and I just can't wait to just sit down and just have chats and conversations and look someone in the eye rather than like on a screen
0: (laughs) yeah no it's so weird honestly even like we ran into friends the other day and it was like talking car to car and like you couldn't just get out of the car and like have a conversation and you're conscious of the fact of I know these people these are my friends we haven't seen each other in weeks and it's like, you can't just do the normal things you would do. Like, you know, if that was the case, if you were out and about and you run into your friends and you're both free, you'd be like, okay, why, why don't we go grab a coffee? Why don't we grab something? to eat? Why don't we go even have a, have a drink in a pub and just catch up? And instead yeah. now it's kind of like, okay, let's run through the news. Let's run through work. Let's run through all of our worries about the way, how much we're cracking up. And it's like, I, you know, I, i'm exhausted from it like i really i can't wait to be back in in the norm that way you know it, it's going to be good and hopefully when we you know we get into the spring the summer you know the weather's a bit better the evenings are a bit longer maybe we can kind of start to to build in you know a few more positives in the days so, you know the dark evenings will go, the rain will go and hopefully we'll uh we'll have a, a few more positives anyway even if we are still a little bit in this
1: I think there is a lot to look forward to. And I think a lot of people are grateful for like any opportunity of going outside again, sitting down for lunch, maybe um, Jesus having a beer, imagine. Um, but like a lot of people are gonna be a lot more grateful and appreciate all the simple things that we really took for granted. Um, like asking a friend how they are in person and getting a good response because you can ask someone, text someone saying how you are, but like if you're not gonna give, it's not as, as good as that one-on-one connection with a person in person in person
0: (laughs) yeah no definitely um look i suppose um i'm conscious of time there now where once again i I keep on doing this to guests because i keep recording in the morning and then realizing okay i've worked in 10 minutes i better go so look uh nicole before we finish this up uh where can people find you where can people reach out for coaching or even just follow along with your journey catch up on the tea and chats with yourself and your sister you know yeah where, where are they getting you
1: so you can find me on Instagram um, at nbfitnesshealth.com um, or my website, nbfitnesshealth.com or Facebook, nbfitnesshealth. Um, so um, yeah, there's lots me and my sister have a conversation every Sunday, just normal tea and chats, trying to brighten up people's day. Um, I have a Facebook group if anyone wants to jump on that. It's a free community group. Um, but if you have any questions, um, you can just message me. I would love to connect with anyone new.
0: Awesome. Nicole, thanks so much for the chat. I really appreciate it. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon.